Radio Drone. So, Brad, do you think this show is a trendsetter, or do you think that we are woolly original Brad Jones who's on this episode? We changed the face of website comment section. I'll give you that one. Yes, I'll give you that. <laughs> but before people comment on this episode, they should go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME to get 50% off of a single item, to get three free DVDs, to get free shipping in the United States, and to get a free mystery gift, all for using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Tonight's topic, and you, you heard Alex kind of giggling like a like a Fisher Stevens back there. Yeah, I'm here. He, he's with us tonight. Tonight's episode, I want to talk about when one movie either changes Hollywood for good or bad, or at least sets a trend in motion, those movies that seem to, one seems to be ripping off the other, but they both come out at the same time. Such as one of your favorites, Brad, Dante's Peak and Volcano. Neither of them are my favorites. I know, that was a setup to get you ranting again, but you didn't get it. Fine. Why do you think first the, the clone movies come out? I mean, the ones that are the same movie like Dante's Peak Volcano, Ants, A Bug's Life, Deep Impact, Armageddon. Why these things come out almost simultaneously, like it, like it's some sort of weird competition. That, oh, that Columbia's doing that? Well, us at Paramount, we got to do a Deep Impact movie, too. Why do you think that is, Brad? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it's a situation there. A a couple things. Sometimes I think it's just merely coincidence. Other times it's like, oh, crap, they're releasing like a volcano movie? Son of a bitch, we've had this volcano movie in freaking limbo for like five years. Crap, we got to start making this damn thing and get it out. So I think it's a little bit of that, too. But there are instances where I do feel like it's just pure coincidence. Like, look at The Raid and Dread, you know, which is seriously just a freaking coincidence. And Dread was written and made before The Raid, and The Raid was released beforehand. But So I think that there's just a situation like that where that happens. Yeah, there are the coincidences. You brought up Ants in a Bug's Life. That was just a coincidence. But a lot of times... It's money. There are the ones that come out at the same time, like Dante's Peak and Volcano, but then there's, this is popular, everybody's watching this, so let's make as many movies as we can to cater to this this interest while we can. Oh yeah, you get a lot of that. I mean, a lot of that is is more obvious when it's like the made-for-TV versions of them, like when Twister came out. Or Titanic. Or Titanic, sure, yeah. Like when Twister came out and you had like made-for-TV Night of the Twisters, you know, Cyclones and stuff like that. What I'm kind of thinking is sometimes they try and claim these movies that are damn near the same movie with a different style, like Deep Impact and Armageddon. Both sides claim they didn't know the other was doing that when they greenlit it. And I'm going, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to... They both decided to make the exact same film with a different style simultaneously. like, Like in The Raid and Dread, I buy that. And we know that. And simultaneous ideas can happen. I don't think something like Deep Impact Armageddon, I don't think that was a simultaneous idea. I actually don't know which one of those started production first, though. I know Deep Impact came out first. Both of those movies themselves were cashing in on the disaster film hype that started with Dante's Peak and Volcano, though. No, Twister. I I think Brad's right. Yeah, Twister Twister started started, that. 
Yeah, Twister definitely started that whole craze. And then you had studios like, again, like, crap, we've got this movie at Limbo. Now this other studio is doing a movie like this. We got to throw our movie into production, too. I mean, they're not going, they're not going to admit that because why would they? But yeah, people, people know that that's the case. And the most that you could hope for is that, you know, hey, let's hope that the movies are at least entertaining or, somewhat distinguishable between the two of them. You also have ones that have this strange, we've been pitching this idea forever, and then another studio makes a movie in that same genre that gets really, really popular, so all of a sudden now now we get greenlit, such as American Werewolf in London comes out, gets nominated for an Oscar, all of a sudden Wolfen gets greenlit, a film that had been in limbo for years. It was like, hey, you had a werewolf movie, right? We can compete with London in this, right? 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 Well, you're saying that like it's a bad thing. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Wolfen is nothing like an American werewolf in London. No, it's like, not. And, and, if, and if American werewolf in London is how Wolfen got greenlit, then I'm all for that. That's not really a bad thing. And see, I'm thinking it's good and bad, because it's bad because when it comes out, it will seem to both the audience, if they're intelligent, and especially the critics, which in the early 80s meant a lot more, it will seem like it's a cash-in, regardless of the quality. But I agree with you, it's a good thing that that movie may have never been made if American Werewolf hadn't come out first. So I think it's a double-edged sword when that happens. And then you've got ones like, I, I haven't watched her review yet, but Jillian's review of Beautiful Creatures. That yeah. is just yet another of the, hey, Twilight's still popular, right? Let's make teenage werewolves, teenage witches, teenage vampires, teenage zombies. And that's it's, based off of a book, which in itself was a ripoff of Twilight. Yeah, so I, I see I see it happening today. I mean, Brad, I know one of your favorite genres is found footage. Blair but, Witch kicked that one off. I mean, yes, there were found footage movies before. But after Blair Witch, every year we got at least two or three of them. Yeah, I mean, and it tapered off for a while. Like, I, I don't have as an extreme hatred of found footage as a lot of other people do. I think it's like any subgenre. There's some that are good and there's some that are bad. There's probably a lot more of them that are bad, but the but the ones of them that are good, I, I think, are actually really damn good. But after, yeah, after Blair Witch, you saw... You did see a lot of the hell. You saw some that were even made before Blair Witch that were released afterwards just to cash in on that. Some of them weren't even found footage movies. They would just kind of sell them the same way because they happened to take place in the woods. But anyway, then after that, you know, the found footage thing kind of died down for quite a bit until Paranormal Activity came out. Yeah, and the paranormal activity kicked it off all over again. And then you've got other weird subgenres like that that I'm not going to be attacking Tarantino at all in this because even though I don't like Pulp Fiction and I, but I love Reservoir Dogs in the '90s. After I don't know if it was as much after Reservoir Dogs, but definitely after Pulp Fiction, the just deluge of Tarantino clones. Remember that era, Brad? Those Absolute, just horrible abs- Tarantino indie movies. I do. A- absolutely, I do, because I watched most of them. And you saw, you did see some that were, that kind of knocked off Reservoir Dogs a bit, but that was still after Pulp Fiction, because there was a lot of those people who 
went back to watch Reservoir Dogs after Pulp Fiction got so big. There was a lot of people who hadn't really heard of Reservoir Dogs until after they saw Pulp Fiction. And I believe Reservoir Dogs didn't hit video until after Pulp Fiction was in theaters, so the two movies were both in the public eye at the same time, I believe. I saw them both close to one another. Pulp Fiction I saw for the first time, like, when it first hit video. When it first hit video, I rented it, because I was supposed to see it in the theater with my mom, but it, like, just ended the day before, so I caught it as soon as it came out on video. And then shortly after that, I saw Reservoir Dogs. So Reservoir Dogs had been on video for a little while by the time I saw it. Well, there were some that were good, but... yeah. Like found footage, there was most of them were bad, and some of them were just trying way too hard to be like that. And a lot of them sold themselves that way. You know, you'd see the trailers that would say in the style of Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like there were so many of them that, of course, some of them are going to be kind of good. Like I thought, I thought Go was a pretty good movie, but I enjoyed every, the hell out of Go. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like Go. Uh, but for every Go, you had about three or four mad dog times. <laughs> well, and then you had ones that were 50-50. For instance, I really liked the Dennis Leary scenes in The Suicide Kings, and uh, nothing against Walken, but I hated those college kids. But the Dennis Leary scenes were so Tarantino, weren't they? I remember liking Suicide Kings, but if, I mean, if we're going with Dennis Leary and Tarantino clones, there was one called Underworld with him and Joe Montana that was just freaking dreadful um, <laughs> I remember that one the only one of his i remember before that that was surprisingly decent maybe it shouldn't have been two if by c i think it was called with sandra oh, bullock sandra with that bullock. hot as hell pink hair yeah 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 i remember that where he shoots he shoots fish with a gun and then cooks yeah. it to take the bullets out with the fork yeah i i remember that that movie's not as bad as it probably should have been but that might be because Dennis Leary and Sandra Bullock can act. I like Dennis Leary. I like I like Dennis Leary a lot. And Sandra Bullock is so hot with pink hair. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, you had all those that all of a sudden Pulp Fiction. I can't remember how many. I can't remember exactly what it was nominated for at the Oscars, but it's nominated for all these Oscars. Picture, picture, actor. It won screenplay. Okay, so and there are it, still it, people just bitter that it didn't win Best Picture, that it shouldn't have gone to Forrest Gump that year. There's still it's, people it, bitter about that. I'm not... I, I, fully, I fully believe that Pulp Fiction should have gotten it over Forrest Gump, but I'm not... I mean, it's not like that's the only time where something like that's happened at the Oscars, so it's like, if I'm bitter at that, then I gotta be bitter about, like, 80 other freaking years of yeah. Oscars. If, if we're gonna go like that, and I am torn on this one, I gotta go either Boogie Nights or L.A. Confidential over Titanic. By far. But I'm By... not sure of, between Boogie Nights and L.A. Confidential, I really love both those movies, so I don't know which one I'd pick over the other. I would have gone Boogie Nights. I totally would have, and Boogie Nights didn't even get a nomination for Best Picture. That's a way better movie than Titanic is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By by far, L.A. Confidential, hands down, L.A. Confidential should have won. But, but you know, it, it's like we said, that happens, like, practically every year with the Oscars. I mean, of course, I mean, you'll have some years where, like, the actual best movie wins. That's pretty freaking rare. And No, I didn't like either movie, but I remember that one being a big upset when Crash beat Brokeback Mountain. I was pulling for Munich that year. 
I still haven't seen Munich, but Crash is a piece of shit. Crash was just, yeah, I mean, I Crash was just kind of like, okay, I get it, you know. Racism that, is bad. Uh huh. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I I didn't sit there angry or anything. I just kind of sat there like, well, this is kind of up its own ass. <laughs> but if we're going between Brokeback and Crash, Brokeback was by far the better movie. But of the movies nominated that year. Hands down, Munich was the best one of all of them. Well, well then you, you've got you've got the difference in the ages today. Well, in theory, what I'm about to bring up has not changed. I think the practice definitely has. Such as when Jaws came out in 1975, you saw just giant monster attack small town was everywhere. Every independent pu- publisher was putting out. A Jaws knockoff number eight hundred and seventy-three. Same uh-huh. thing after Star Wars. Same same thing after Road Warriors. Same thing after Alien. In theory, the what the Asylum and the Quick Cash-ins are doing is the same thing, but somehow, maybe it's just the quality of the film. Films like Tentacles, Star Crash seem to have a lot more staying power than an Asylum movie. Or is that just my nostalgia clouding my vision? I don't think it is your nostalgia because. With movies like, you know, uh, Tentacles and the Road Warrior knockoffs, the Bruno Mattei movies and stuff like that, you know, they really, really wanted to make entertaining flicks. You know, they did. Of course they were writing. They were unapologetic about writing off the heels of something else. They fully admitted that, that that was their intention. But at the same time, they were trying to make entertain. They were still trying to make really entertaining movies. They, they were. They they were. A lot of us, the bad asylum movies I've seen, like off the top of my head, uh, that Alien Origin. God. You can't. You you can't. You can't tell me that they were trying to make that an entertaining movie. No, they weren't. Yeah. Either that, or they just completely missed the mark, because that movie is not entertaining, and then they slap on that horrible ending. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. The Asylum is still, they're out to make money. Sometimes do make a good film, that's fun. But I happen yeah. to think, like, Sherlock Holmes was a good one. Yeah, me too. Their Hansel and Gretel one was actually not that bad. I still need to see it. I feel bad I haven't seen it, because Ryan worked on it. It's it's like a legit horror film. Yeah, I I like he was he was talking it up pretty good. I I need to sit down and watch it sometime. But yeah, he was second unit. He was second unit on that flick. They yeah, like you just said, they're 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 a business. They're certainly out to make money. Just like uh you know the the Italian knockoff flicks were businesses and they wanted to make money. There was a lot. There is a diff. There is a difference in quality in those versus a lot of the asylum ones not not all of them but but a lot of them uh Bruno Mattei and all of them spent the exact same amount of money as asylum does not taking inflation into account so that's why asylums don't look as good well and in a weird way you look at a movie like tentacles and you've got Henry Fonda and John Huston and Shelley Winters and Bo Stevenson and you just c- kind of go how do you get a cast like that for an unabashed Jaws ripoff? The Asylum would never be able to get a cast like that. And, and Brad, I am a snob in this, in this fight here. Those Jaws ripoffs were shot on goddamn film. 
They just like, look better. They don't really have video. There was no option. You, you shot on yes, film. Yes, you had or... video back then. Yes, you did. You had that, that cheap BBC Doctor Who looking video that some productions were shot on. Or even 16mm. But they still went full 35 with real crews, sound crews, and they were shot like real goddamn movies. The Asylum, I'm sorry, I know you two love them. Those are not shot like real movies. Those are shot like cash-ins. There, I don't know about shot like cash-ins, other than the fact that the movies are cash-ins. I mean, that's like saying that the other movies are shot like cash-ins. Uh, uh, yeah, they're shot on video. They're not shot on film. You're not going to get an argument out of me about what, what looks better between film and video. But you know what? If it was that easy for them to shoot on film, they would. But they don't because it's not as easy as you seem to be making it out to be anymore. It's not. It's hard. It's really, really freaking hard than it was than it was back then. Companies like the Asylum cannot do that. They can't, just like I can't do that. If I could, I would. Believe me, I would. But I can't. It's not that easy. But I think there's a different stylistic way like when you made the snob movie you were making a movie when you're making alien origin you're making product well yeah but that's a really bad that's not every asylum movie like that that's that's not every single one of them is like alien origin the most dangerous creature of the sea is not the great white shark or the killer whale it is the giant octopus fact it may weigh almost eight tons with tentacles in excess of 100 feet fact Octopi will attack humans, and the results are usually fatal. American International presents Tentacles, starring John Huston, Shelley Winters, Bo Hopkins, Claude Akins, and Henry Fonda. Tentacles, the most gripping suspense you will ever experience. Rated PG. Parental guidance. Now, technically, a lot of people would say when I mentioned Jaws as being kind of the watermark that started the ripoffs, a lot of people would consider Jaws a big-budget ripoff when it or not even rip off but cash in when it came to movies like remember Sam Elliott and Ray Milland in 1972's Frogs when will man ever learn that when he pollutes the air and the water he declares war against nature American International Pictures presents Frogs the story of the day nature strikes back see Frogs in color rated PG Frogs Today, the pond. Tomorrow, the world. Yeah, I remember frogs. A lot of people think that started the whole nature run amok or nature's revenge films that Jaws was a part of. So in a way, would you say Jaws was part of the trend started by frogs or was frogs just the exception that happened to come out before Jaws? I, I don't know. I mean, there were killer animal movies before Jaws came out. I, I, I don't know what their intent was when they first started making Jaws. I don't know if it was because they were riding on the success of something else or the trend of something else. I mean, killer animal movies have been around for a freaking while. So. Yes. Yeah, and even yeah. before Jaws, you had like the excellent Phase 4 with the killer ants. Was Empire of the Ants pre or post Jaws? I don't remember. Man, think I, I that don't... was after Jaws, but you had that, and then like you had, you always had sci-fi movies, you always had the science fiction movies, and you had big budget ones like Logan's Run, and yeah. then when Star Wars came out in '77, 
the whole game changed. I think between 77 and 85, there were probably 50 to 75, and I'm going to call them Star Wars-style movies Mm -hmm. that were made in Hollywood. That would have never happened in 1976. Because Star Wars was successful. If Star Wars flopped, none of those other movies would have been made. I think Star Wars wasn't even successful. It was monumental. It changed the way Hollywood looked at these. Because remember, sci-fi was kind of considered that you know that trash that kids go to. I mean, hell, look at even the marketing for Star Wars. What what film that 20th Century Fox did put out? Did they put all their advertising muscle behind that came out at the exact same time as Star Wars? Damnation Alley, a film uh-huh. that totally flopped. Nobody thought Star Wars was going to be the hit that it was. But, I mean, like, after Star Wars, or even after Alien, because I remember after Alien, Roger Corman had a great a great complaint. He said, Alien is the kind of movies we've been making for the last 25 years, and now that the Hollywood system is caught on, we can't compete anymore. Because th- they can outdo us on effects, on cast, on budget. It- it- it's strange when the Hollywood system become it envelops the ripoff system to the point where the ripoff system has to find something else. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, like that, the, those movies were successful, and you know they are a business, so they want to keep doing stuff that's kind of got similar tones to what was as monumental as Star Wars was. There was there was no way that that wasn't going to happen. Well, even going back to what we talked about last week, after Sweet Sweetback, the black exploitation genre just exploded and every company tried to have one. You've got that or or even something like like with Star Wars, not only did you have the big budget ones, but you had the small budget ones and then you had the imports like Star Crash and Star Odyssey that Star Odyssey's frankly embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, yeah. I love Star Crash, don't get me wrong. Oh, I've, Star Star Crash is awesome. Okay, Caroline Monroe has never been hotter uh-huh. than when she was than when in the multiple outfits. David yeah, Hasselhoff's yeah, yeah. hair, Christopher Plummer slumming, mm-hmm. Joe Spinell seemingly drunk in every scene. That's the only way to explain his hair. You know, you, you had those, so you had these really fun movies, but you had these just god awful things that were the equivalent of the Asylum films that just came out, or, or that you pointed out before that it's a good thing when something that was previously shelved gets put out for those, look at Star Trek The Motion Picture. While it was arguably Star Trek The Motionless Picture, because it's boring as hell, if if Star Wars hadn't come out, that was going to be a TV series. And phase who, 2, who, right? Yeah, Phase 2. Who knows if that would have worked? So in a way, Star Trek owes its life to Star Wars being a hit. And then with Paramount just saying, we're going to cash in on what 20th Century Fox is doing. So that's a positive, I think, because for everything I've seen about Phase 2, it looked like not they couldn't even put together something like the first season of Next Generation, and that's what it would have been, and I don't think it would have worked in in that time frame. Uh I think Star Wars changed the game so much, people couldn't have accepted a Star Trek TV show like that anymore. Sure, sure, yeah, that makes sense. And still, yeah... Star Trek the motion picture may have been boring, but at least it, it we still got Khan. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. but but it did lead the way to Wrath of Khan, and I've I've always liked, screw that, the odd-numbered movie suck bullshit 
Search for Spock's a damn solid movie. I like Search for Spock. Yeah. I like Search for Spock a lot. Yeah, Search for Spock's a damn solid flick. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm sick of people bitching about it. It's odd numbered. That means it sucks. Yeah, and it also means you're brain dead. Yeah, like I hate Voyage Home. Eh, Voyage oh, Home. Oh, I like is, Voyage Home. It's fun. Voyage Home <laughs> is fun, but it, it does have co- too many coincidences. But what are you going to do? It's better than Final Frontier. Good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was better than Final Frontier. You've got to do Final Frontier as a snob. Jesus, that movie's just begging for it. I'm I'm not the right person to do Final Frontier, because while I, 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 I love the Star Trek movies, and while Final Frontier is the worst of the uh, original cast movies, I don't have, like, I don't get mad at it. I don't have an extreme hatred for the thing. I don't spit vile at it or anything. I, there's qualities about it that I honestly like. Uh, so I'm not, I, I'm not really the right person to do that. You'd need, you'd need, uh, someone who's much more of a, who's much more <laughs> hardcore into everything wrong with that movie than, than me. I would, I would be almost probably too, neutral about it which you know actually might be an all right thing because every other freaking person would just spill hate about it online yeah might you, as well have, you, you might would as well analyze have... it as a movie not as a star trek movie i think that's where the difference would come in i think chuck from sf debris would be the perfect one to take on that movie you've just got these weird trends like the italians just seem to love the star wars alien road warrior movies to the point where they just wouldn't stop making them and I know, Brad, you're a big Italian exploitation fan. Was Absolutely. that good, or did they just saturate the market with especially the Road Warrior knockoffs? When they worked, they worked. The point of all of them was to just be entertaining, you know, and to be kind of cool flicks. And some of them would still be kind of stylish, too. But what I like about a lot of, I mean, not not all of them, but there was a fair amount of them to where, I mean, they were certainly marketed as like a Road Warrior type movie but when you actually break the movie down they're really nothing like the road warrior look at look at rats which in its advertising and isn't in in its costumes you know it's a post-apocalyptic movie you know people are kind of the costumes and stuff look kind of like they're like a road warrior type movie but it's a killer rat movie so you had er, 2019 which has elements of escape from new york the Road Warrior, a lot of stuff is thrown into that movie. It really kind of, it takes elements of a lot of different things and sort of does its own thing with it. That's not always the case, of course. You'll have something like uh, Shocking Dark, which is straight-out aliens. You know, it, it's it's one of, the Asylum does that, too. You'll have Asylum knockoffs that, when you actually break them down, they're really nothing like the movie that they're supposed to be a mockbuster of. That that happens all the time. Transmorphers? Uh, yeah, there you go. Transmorphers, something like that. You know, you just got to hope that you're going to go into it and it'll end up being entertaining because that's what it's trying to do. That at the end of the day, that's exactly the kind of movie that it's trying to be. It just wants to entertain you for for 90 minutes with some really shallow elements of previous movies. But that's why you go into those. You know they're going to be shallow movies. You know that, you know, that they're going to be just some like quickie entertaining flicks and you just gotta kind of gotta hope for the best and when it does turn out to be really good it's freaking fun and even really well made it shot really stylistically a lot of times 
Well, the way Asylum makes their movies, well, the mockbusters at least, is they take a look at all the movies that are upcoming, and they're like, well, this this studio film's going to be really, really popular, make a lot of money, so we're going to make one that's kind of like that. So they don't know what the movie is, really. Yeah. They just have whatever it has on IMDb. That's all they have to go off of. Do, then do you think that with, like, the... And I'm going to call it a deluge when when you put all the Road Warrior aliens, Star Wars, Jaws, Italian knockoffs, or other foreign knockoffs together. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are any that can rise above the original, or do you think they're always just kind that that, that they always will be riding that trend, or do you uh, think they'll ever be one that just kind of like a Jaws ripoff that's way better than Jaws, or a Road Warrior ripoff that's way better than the Road Warrior? It can happen. It can certainly happen for sure. You think it has? Uh, I like, uh, let's see, off the top of my head, uh, SS Girls is a copy of Salon Kitty, and I actually like SS Girls better. You know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty of them that, you know, are straight out like the other, like the movies that they're trying, that they're copying off of. Look at Robo War and Predator. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Strike Commando and Rambo 2. You know, plenty of them are copies of the other movie. But but I think that what what I like about a lot of when Bruno does that, take SS Girls, for instance, take Robo War, take Strike Commando, is that even though all this really similar stuff is happening, the tone is like whippy different, especially in SS Girls. Whereas you would look at a similar sequence from Salon Kitty, that would actually be really dark and disturbing. And then it happens again in SS Girls, and it's intentionally played for laughs. Like, I have a heck of a lot more fun with Strike Commando than I do with Rambo. I probably like Rambo 2 as a better movie than Strike Commando, but they both work in their own ways. Here you have two movies that have scenes that are pretty freaking identical to each other, but the tone of both of them is so different that you can get entertainment value that you can get worth out of both of them for completely different reasons going back into the 70s that like after cheech and chong came out you you saw all these stoner comedies come out in the late 70s early 80s and then like you saw the same thing happen again with the teen sex comedies both after porky's and after american pie and i don't think any of those ever beat the original it seems like once you've got the standard set all you can hope to be is a eh, it wasn't that bad you don't see any that really go you know what i'm gonna outdo porkies i'm gonna make it a better film a more impactful film and i don't care if i actually am riding the trend we're going to take porkies down most of them seem to be let's just see how much cheap money we can get real quick there's movies uh from that era that i liked better than the movie it kind of Right at the coattails of Screwballs, I like way better than Porky's. I thought Screwballs was a funnier movie than that. I had a much better time in that movie than Porky's. That one of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called The Hollywood Nights uh, that came is out. Is it the in, one with Tony Danza and and uh, Robert Wool, Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's often considered to be just a ripoff of American Graffiti. It's a it's a it has certain elements to it yeah, that are I, a little I like... See, I can see where the comparisons come, but I wouldn't call that a ripoff. Just 
it, it's well, similar. It's, it's oftentimes dismissed as that. There are some similarities between the two, but The Hollywood Nights is a much raunchier movie. is a much more straight-out comedy than American Graffiti is. And I like it. I like The Hollywood Nights better. And I love American Graffiti, don't get me wrong. I, I do. I like The Hollywood Nights better. I like The Hollywood Nights better than I like um, Animal House. That's kind of what it is, honestly. It's Animal House crossed with American Graffiti, and I like it better than both movies. Well, there... Um... To go back to the asylum, there have been sometimes that the asylum has happened to make a more enjoyable movie than what the studio did. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies, I enjoyed more than Vampire that was, Hunter. That was far more enjoyable than <laughs> Vampire Hunter. By far it was. Yes, by far. Well, do you think some movies that were made before the the movie that that arguably would be the trend that they'd follow would have profit it better if they'd waited a few years something like logan's run coming out the year before star wars do you think that would have actually worked better obviously 2020 hindsight looking back do you think logan's run would have worked better if it had been released in 1978 rather than 1976 no because it would have been just dismissed as writing on star wars coattails and Logan's Run is no way at all like Star Wars. Yeah, it's nothing like Star Wars, so I, I don't think it would have benefited from that at all. It would have just been scoffed at and laughed off as just like, oh, they're just trying to capitalize on Star Wars. I mean, maybe I, I mean, I don't know, maybe that wouldn't have happened, but there's a good chance that that would have happened. Well, what about something like I brought up the American Pie movies and their never-ending string of even worse than the last one sequels that spawned the new era of what I would call the gross-out comedy. Because uh-huh. I, unless I'm missing it, I think that started with American Pie, didn't it? The the new really graphic drinking semen and all that kind of uh, gross-out teen I comedy kind of, of the '90s. Between that and the Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, because there was something about Mary before American Pie. I couldn't yeah. remember which one of those came out first. Then would you even call American Pie kind of riding the coattails of the gross-out humor from something about Mary? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, American Pie had its own spawn of gross-out movies involving teenagers and young people and stuff like that, whereas there's something about Mary had their own, like uh, that movie Tomcats. Stuff oh, like oh God, that movie was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, st- stuff like that, you know, it, it kind of had its own stuff that was kind of capitalizing on that. But, you know, it is like anything else. You know, those movies were popular for a while, and then then they went away. That's that's just what that's just what happens. It's, it's the cycle. It's the life cycle of Hollywood. And uh-huh. it's the same thing in TV. Like Friends coming out. Yeah. And then the 900 yeah. Friends knockoffs that hit the, the airwaves the next season. What year did the uh, Logan's Run TV series come out? 78 or 79. I was going to say, I, I thought that that was after Star Wars. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. the TV series was after Star Wars. And I, you know what? I kind of liked the TV series. It was stupid. Uh-huh. But I certainly enjoyed it when I was watching it as a kid. Yeah, it had value to it. But then you, you've, you've got, like, like I just said with TV, do you blame cops for kind of starting what we call the reality TV boom? Because no. to me, cops was the first big reality tv show that was not a talk show yeah uh, but those uh, the, those other shows though aren't they're not writing up cops popularity i mean yeah cops was out before like 
the real world and stuff like that. But I, I think the real world would have existed regardless of cops. World real did really did set the standard for what is reality TV today. Everything today is inspired by the real world in some way, and not cops. But you you think you think what we have now for reality TV was the real world, or was there something prior to the real world that kind of inspired the real world? I loathe reality TV so goddamn much, so I don't freaking know. I, I don't care to know the history of reality television. Because I know the one that really broke it open hard, because I, I started working in TV around this time, was Survivor. Yeah. Survivor's the one that started... I, I, I don't even call it reality TV, I call it a contest show. Because that's what they are. They're glorified game shows. It's, it's, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's reality television. It's the defi- it's the modern definition of reality television is, is what it is. And yeah, survivors certainly put stuff like that into play. I mean, Mark Burnett, that piece of shit who's gonna rot for eternity in a torturous fucking hell to blame for all of that crap that we have today. So, yeah, Survivor kind of started all that shit, like Big Brother, The Apprentice, and all that deplorable crap. But then, yeah, you know, you also have the real world, which kind of spawned its own things as well. I, I don't know, and I don't, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that reality TV is seriously the worst thing that's ever happened to pop culture, ever. The Simpsons. Remember all of the Simpson clones? Remember how I think it was after the Simpsons second season, every network had at least two primetime animated series that only lasted a half season or so? What were some of them? I Capital Critters, Fish Police, oh. PJs. Oh yeah, I remember the PJs. I remember the PJs. And uh. you know what? I get a lot of crap for this. I actually liked Fish Police, but I might be biased because I, I liked the comic that it's based on before the show. Capital Critters, Stephen Bochco, this was in when Stephen Bochco was going insane era. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if he even knew what he was doing at that point with Capital Critters. It was, that was in his experimentation era. Yeah, because Cop Rock was only the year prior. But the, yeah, I remember The Simpsons started the trend that we're still riding today with, you know, the 9,000 Seth MacFarlane shows that it seems like Fox will give him any half-hour time slot that they have available. Oh, that's because people keep watching them. <laughs> Even he doesn't think the shows are that good. This is the same guy who said Family Guy should have been canceled like five years ago. It should have. So he yeah. doesn't been... like his shows anymore. It should have been freaking canceled five years ago. I, I, I both hate and love when you see movies and TV shows ride these trends because... If they didn't ride these trends, we wouldn't get awesome movies like Tentacles and Robo War and Shocking Dark and Star Crash. But at the same time, we also wouldn't get the real Drek is not even fun Drek that came out of those. So to yeah, me, but it's here's very the thing: the double-edged sword. Yeah, but that you see, here's the thing though: you can literally say that about anything. You can say that about any genre. You can say that about, that about any kind of movie, no matter if it's an original movie, no matter if it's not, no matter if it's a comedy or a drama, no matter what you're talking about in movies, television, literature, or anything. You are always going to have an example of something that's good, and you are always going to have an example of something that's bad. That's not something that's unique just to movies that are writing the trend of something. 
that's something that's true about every every piece of creative art that's out there so no matter what you do there's always going to be bad examples of something and just you know hope that you watch the better ones instead of the bad ones right because like in my case i love the movie tentacles i hated the movie octopus so watch Tentacles instead of Octopus. I own Tentacles yeah. on a double feature DVD with Empire of the Ants. Not quite there you sure go. So forget together, about Octopus. But, you know, they do. So forget about Octopus. Octopus sucks. Forget about it. Don't be don't be all like, oh man, I wish this didn't happen because then Octopus wouldn't exist. Well, there's bad examples of everything. You're going to have them. Just watch Tentacles and not Octopus. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's in every medium, which is why Barnes & Noble has a complete section for paranormal teen romance. Oh, yeah, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who's who works at a Barnes & Noble, and he said prior to Twilight the book being huge, that was just, a, there was a couple of those and they were stuffed in the horror section. It's kind of sad to me that paranormal romance or supernatural romance is a genre now in literature. And I hesitate oh, yeah. to call it literature. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. Uh, but one, just, just don't read it. And two, it'll go away like everything else, like yeah. every other bad. It, it's going to go away. So, you know, whatever. Just don't read it. It's it's not made for people like us. Who gives a shit? They found a way to make necrophilia palatable to teens. So more power uh-huh. to them. Well, yeah, then- that's, a good, that's a good point. That's honestly a good point. And then you've got, and I'm not sure if this is a trend or I just happened, my wife happened to have got all these movies at the same time, Nicholas Sparks. He is the bane of, I mean, his movies are so sappy, Lifetime would turn down Nicholas Sparks movies. The movies based off his books. I don't know how many books this hack has written, but Nicholas Sparks needs to be assassinated. Yeah, but now I want to see (laughs) Battlefield Earth as envisioned by Nicholas Sparks. Ear I think Brad you Jones. did. It was called moment believe... by moment. Dear Brad Jones, I can't believe that Josh Hadley actually called for the assassination of Nicholas Sparks because he was totally 100% being serious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and now watch some psycho fan actually goes and kills him. Oh, <laughs> I did it because Hadley said so. so. You're all talk, Josh. That guy's going to really do it and follow through <laughs> with murdering Sparks. <laughs> So do you guys think with the, with these trends in movies or or even the simultaneous creation, if we're going to give it that like Volcano and Dante's Peak just happen to be made at the same time or if one is definitely a ripoff of the other or a cash in of the other technically, do well, you think do you think that it is better or worse today? Because I actually look at like all the Star Wars ripoffs and all the Jaws ripoffs. And I actually seem to think there were more of those in the 70s and 80s due to the the then emerging video market than there is today with the Asylum mockbusters and cash-ins. The Asylum's really cornered the market on that. There are other companies that come along, like David Dakota did his own Hansel and Gretel movie this year. I I think cash-ins are both a good thing and a bad thing. I really wish the cash-ins would aspire to be better than the movie that they're cashing in on. And I just, I don't see that happening today where you could arguably say that a movie like Tentacles was really trying to compete with Jaws, with the story and the characters. I just don't see that in Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter. I don't see that in the Asylum movies. I don't see them 
aspiring to be as good as. They just want to put I, a priest well, prop. Yeah, but you obviously haven't seen Abraham Lincoln versus zombies. That was clearly made to be a really entertaining flick. I would totally believe it if they said, you know what, we do want our movie to be more entertaining than Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Because, you know what, dear God, it freaking was. Well, because I remember reading some, reading it was an interview or like a behind the scenes with Tracy Lords on that Princess of Mars movie The Asylum made. And when <laughs> Tracy Lords is saying that you're not taking this, the making of this movie seriously, you need to rethink your director, I think. Well, that, see, here's the thing though. Here's the thing with that is that Asylum movies, they all have different, several different units that work on different ones. This is what Ryan was telling me about when he came from working on Hansel and Gretel, they're fully aware that they do have a good group of people and that they do have a group of people that aren't quite as good. Ryan said that he said that there is a group of people when the, uh, that work on the Asylum movies that really do want to make something very, very entertaining. And in terms of just sheer entertainment value, really are kind of trying to compete with the more mainstream movies. But with that being said, yeah, there is another there is another group of there is another group of uh, crew members and such on certain asylum movies that you know they like. Hey, all right, well let's just shoot people walking around in the woods for ninety minutes, slap it together, and hey, bam, alien origin. Yeah, but like that Hansel and Gretel movie is actually half decent horror film. It's nothing at all like the. Ansel and Gretel Witch Hunters movie. Which yeah, is... that's that's what that's what Ryan said. He said, cause, "Well, his mentor was the director Anthony Ferrante. That's that's they're super super great friends. They were in contact a lot during the Snob movie. And Ryan used to do a lot of things. Used to do a lot of things for him. So he he by far and away set out to make to make a decent movie. He said that the biggest bummer was the fact that." he pretty much had to use CG in it because the rest of the movies that he makes, he uses practical effects. But in this one, he, I guess time constraints. I don't know. For some reason he wasn't able to, they, they wouldn't let him. They There's not a him. whole lot of CG in that movie though. There's a lot of good and that, practical and, and, effects. And I can tell you that's because he's directing it. That That's because <laughs> he's directing it. Cause he puts a lot of stuff like that in his movies. But he did say that unfortunately he did have to use some, some CG, some CG in it. I just, I always kind of picture when when the director delivers a film to the asylum, I just can't quite get it in my head, their quality control department. Whether it's lax or really tight, I'm not sure. I don't think it exists. I think they're like, you made the movie? It's rated R? Okay, then we're good. You don't think there's a quality control department? Do you think that there was a quality control department for the Bruno movies? No, but well, which which made me think of another '70s movie that started a major trend, The Exorcist. Yeah, I did. That I uh, remember all those goddamn little girl possessed movies that came out in the next five years. Yeah, yeah, but Beyond the the Door, which uh, had like three or four sequels in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I know there's had... at least three. There might be a fourth Beyond the Door. I don't remember. You had that one. You had the Antichrist. You had Abby. A lot of different you, stuff. You had another exorcism craze a few years ago. Well, I think Devil Inside kind of killed it off for now. Oh, no, no. Uh, Last <laughs> Exorcism 2 is coming out. Which, okay, as bad as 
A Haunting in Connecticut, The Ghosts of Georgia. That title makes no <laughs> sense. The Last Exorcism Part 2. Well, then the last one wasn't really the last one, was it, morons? Are we really picking now to nitpick that? How many Final Fantasy games are there? Or Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. Friday the 13th Part 4, The Final Chapter. It's not exactly a new thing. Freddy's dead. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Yeah, the, the, see, this so franchise like, is still making money. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. To me, the, I saw the title Last Exorcism too, and honestly, I didn't really think anything of it because what? That's the first time that's freaking happened. Like, okay, so the hell what? I think Haunting in Connecticut goes to Georgia. A far funnier title. Yeah, because okay, so is it in Georgia? Is it in Connecticut? Are the ghosts from Georgia going to Connecticut? Is the haunting going to the ghosts in Georgia? What the hell's going on? I think the movie was originally just shot and titled Ghosts of Georgia, but the studio decided to slap Haunting in Connecticut 2 on it to maybe sell an extra ticket. Oh, 8mm 2 exactly. It's exactly what happened. That's, ex- that's exactly what happened with that movie. <laughs> it's the same thing with 8mm 2. Yeah, that uh, terrible movie. I didn't like the first one that, that much, but let's put it this oh, way. Oh, I love the first one. Yeah, I, I like the first one. I hate I, Joaquin Phoenix. I thought he was just brutally miscast. I love James Gandolfini in that. I thought the script was pretty good. I thought Nicolas Cage was awesome. But Joaquin Phoenix seemed miscast to me. Oh, I didn't think so. I thought he played that great. And plus, he was only in it for like 40 minutes. I know, but I just, he bugged me. And he, I don't dislike the actor. I think he's great in some roles. I just did not like him in that movie. I thought he, I thought he sold it. So I thought, I'm not completely I thought he, about I, Phoenix in general. I thought he, I thought he totally sold that part. Nicholas Cage seems like he doesn't turn down a movie these days after his whole IRS issues. It's like, yeah, oh, it has a paycheck, okay. He's happened to put out some good ones still. I liked Stolen. Trends have been part of us. I think they really started, at least in the era that we're talking about, with Jaws. And then they kept going with each subsequent hit. And then, just like you pointed out, Brad, they die down. You know, like all the big monster movies attacking a small town. By 1980, those almost died out. And then you had all the Road Warrior knockoffs come up. And there's always a new movie to start trending on. And I wish, you know what, in all honesty, found footage has lasted longer than I really thought it would. And I really wish that would go away soon. Oh, it will. It'll go away, and then something else will come out, and it'll start all over again. I think it's starting to taper off. I haven't read too many stuff that's coming out found footage. Not as many as there were last year or the year before it. It is starting to taper off, especially how poorly received the last Paranormal Activity was. Well, Anjowski, every week when you send me Trailer Park, I just dread how many of these are going to be found footage. Oh, good, only one of the four. Oh, there was that one week where everything was found footage, like Project X came out, and oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like, oh, just <laughs> kill me. Where can we find Brad Jones? TheCinemaSnob.com Where can we find Alex Jowski with the loudest furnace ever? Oh, is it going off? GeekJuiceMedia.com yes. And you can find me at the same GeekJuiceMedia.com And 1201Beyond.com is back up, although it's still under construction, so it's a little limited. But we're back, so take that, Vietnamese. Don't make me sick, Robert Ginty, on you. <laughs> nah, you're gonna piss off some Vietnamese. Oh, he no record Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> <laughs>